Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now, in for Jeff Wagner, here is your host, Brian Noonan. Well, good afternoon. Happy Black Friday. Good to be with you. Big show planned, and it is always more fun when you're involved. You heard the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, but it always bears repeating. 855-616-1620. When you call in, you'll be talking to Greg. He is the executive producer today of the big broadcast. If you're nice to him, you get to me. That's how it works. Uh, well, I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. We were... Um, we were all together for the first time after last year's Thanksgiving. I'm wondering how much more did you enjoy this year being able to get together with friends and family? And one of the resounding things around the table last night at my brother's house was that we were all in the same room without having to wear a mask because everybody was vaccinated and we were all feeling good. And that was probably, if not the highlight, one of the top two or three highlights of the entire night uh, for us. Greg, did you have a good Thanksgiving? Oh, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you, Greg. Yes. Now, we were, uh, we were together Tuesday night uh, prognosticating about what our Thanksgivings would be, and you had said that you planned on um, just sitting with your feet up, I think was the term you used, and watching football and relaxing. Did that come to fruition? So, yes and no. I got my football time. I got my feet up time, more importantly. I did have okay. to do some decorating, though, but it wasn't a bad exchange of uh, goods and services for time to relax. So, I took it. Now, was it decorating at uh, your house or your parents' house? Parents' house. Or your... Your parents' house? Yes, sir. Now, so they, wait, they decided that Thanksgiving Day was the day to start doing their Christmas decorating? Correct. Yeah. That was the, especially if the kid is home. It's like, all right, hey, sure, yeah. we got stuff in the basement. You better haul it up, pal. <laughs> but don't That makes sense. That makes sense. Sure. And, uh, you know, the weather was okay yesterday, so you were able to bring it up and get some stuff out. It's funny you mentioned the Christmas decorations because we were driving home from my brother's house last night, and my wife and daughter basically at the same time went, okay, it's Christmas season now. I'm like, we haven't even finished digesting Thanksgiving dinner. And they're pl they're plotting out all the Christmas stuff and, uh, you know, when, when we're going to put the tree up and when we're going to do the decorating. And I'm like, okay, can we... Can we just enjoy Thanksgiving for a couple of minutes? And it was it was nice. It was really nice. As I said, um, my brother hosted, which I mentioned the other night, and we were. It was a big blended Thanksgiving. So his girlfriend, I guess, uh, not I guess there, but it just seems weird that people, you know, of a certain age, you call you still call them girlfriend and boyfriend. His significant other, his partner, his. Uh, you know, his special friend, her family was there. My sister-in-law's parents came to up from North Carolina, and I promised this is a, they may, they're probably listening. We haven't seen my sister-in-law's parents in a while. They used to come to Thanksgiving all the time, and then uh, different things happened, and they didn't. And her mom always brings, always brought rather a coconut cake made by an 80-some-year-old woman in North Carolina. And it was a big hit. Well, they returned to the Thanksgiving table last night, 
and so did the coconut cake. So, uh, Susie, I promised I'd give you, I'd give you a little uh, love on the air today on WTMJ. So there you go. We had the coconut cake. We had uh, everything was fantastic. There were about I don't know thirty people at, th- at my brother's house for Woo! Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was. Well, it, it's funny because we were. We were going out there, and I've been to meals at my brother's house plenty of times, and he has a regular-sized dining room table. And we knew the me- the invite list had grown this year, and so everybody, my wife, daughter, myself, were driving out, go, where's he going to put everybody? What's going to what's going to happen? Well, they basically moved all the furniture in their living room and then had rented a couple round tables like you would see at a wedding or something, and it flowed perfect through the through the living room into, like, the... The front hallway, everybody could see each other. Everybody could talk to each other. So there was uh, there were a lot of people there. Everybody was enjoying their company, and it was it was good because for the first time in a long time, all my brothers were able to come into town. So all five of us were there with my mom and our wives, our kids. It was you know you get to a point in your life where you start thinking there's probably not too many times or too many years where everybody will be together you know or because even like we're looking forward to christmas a bunch of people aren't going to be able to make it to christmas because they're you know they're going somewhere else or whatever you have family obligations on your uh, spouse's side so not able to go there but it was it was very nice overall now before uh, before we came on the air Greg asked me a question. Do you want to uh, do you want to ask me that question again, Greg? So on Tuesday we were talking about preparing for Thanksgiving, getting the house ready, and everything. And then you said that you do something a little, I would call it unorthodox, because <laughs> I don't have the self control that you do. You basically meal prep Thanksgiving. Do you not? You make a Thanksgiving dinner before. Like, not for a meal to be eaten that day. Please explain yourself. All right. So my there, there was worry, there was concern, unfounded concern, let me add, that my brother would not have enough leftovers for us to bring some leftovers. There home. it is. Yep. And my wife and daughter, are they have their own post-Thanksgiving tradition, and I want to hear some of yours, too, your leftover traditions at 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. So jump in with those. Their tradition is, and this is a direct quote, we have to make turkey sandwiches with real mayonnaise and lettuce on squishy white bread. And they were afraid that my brother would not have enough turkey to send home. So as I have done for many years when I'm not hosting thanksgiving at our house wednesday i made a turkey i made some cornbread stuffing and i made homemade cranberries so that we would have leftovers starting today for lunch and dinner uh turns out my brother would have had plenty of stuff he did send home some of his cornbread stuffing uh that my daughter and i both love so there's a lot of cornbread stuffing here in the house. But your question to me the other night was, are you going to eat it when you cook it? And it turns out I did not. Oh, man. I will. T- I took one I took one pinch of the stuffing as I 
took it out of the casserole dish and put it into something to put in the refrigerator. I took one pinch just to see how it was because I had uh, taken a little shortcut this year that I don't usually do if I'm making it myself. So, But the turkey is still, you know, I took the breasts off the bone and stuff, so that's I didn't have any of that. A um, couple of the dogs got a little scrap of the turkey that fell off the bone, but I did not eat any of it. Nothing. So today will be my... Last night I had his food, which was delicious, and today I will have some of my leftovers. But no, I, I showed amazing self-control. Great. No, props to you. <laughs> Honestly, kuda bars to you, but you don't need them because you have Thanksgiving Day leftovers already. Yeah, and it's, again, I don't know why this has always been a thing, but they panic that, and my... My brother, and maybe your family is like this, my brother always cooks way too much. And I, when I'm hosting, it's the same with my mom and my grandma. Everybody, everybody in our family, when they were having a big gathering, would always end up making way too much food. And then, you know, it's like, hey, you want to take some home? And, it, you know, in early years, it was like, no, I don't want to be the guy taking doggy bags home. And now it's like, well, yeah, because you can only keep the stuff for so long, so... If it's left over and it's good, you know, we got to do this. But then we'll come back. I'm getting some texts on your leftover traditions, what you do with your leftovers. We'll talk about that, how long they can last. And if there was an unusual food at your Thanksgiving table yesterday, I'd like to hear about it. A little Thanksgiving talk to kick off our Black Friday broadcast. It's Brian Noonan in for Jeff Wagner on 620 WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff Wagner, happy Black Friday. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know ours was ours was very pleasant. Uh, we're talking, uh, getting some leftover ideas because you know I mentioned that mentioned that I had to make a Thanksgiving dinner in advance so that we would have leftovers. Somebody in the four one four says I do the exact same thing when I'm not hosting Thanksgiving. I uh, need a full meal of leftovers. Yeah, so everybody in the Noonan house is very happy today because they get to. Have their turkey sandwiches and their leftover that's stuff. That's great. Um, what's that, Greg? I just said that's great. I like how more people are doing just to have leftovers. That's that's like preemptively ordering Chinese food just to warm it up later. Like it's good. It's a good yes. plan. I like it. It is a good plan because you never know. You you one you never know if there's going to be extra where if you're going to somebody else's house. Two, you don't know if they're going to offer it, and you don't want to be the person going. Hey, uh, you see, you got some uh, turkey and uh, mashed potatoes over there. You mind if I take some home? I brought my own bags, so yeah, you whip out a couple Ziploc bags from your coat. That doesn't, that doesn't. If it's offered to you, that's one thing. If you're panhandling for it, even if it's your family, they go, "Wow, we really need to talk to Greg about this uh, career path." He's having, <laughs> if he's got to, uh, you know, if he's got to uh, bum some food off us on the way home. So yeah, I think I don't think it's as. It's probably not as unusual as uh, you and I might think it is, but eh, what's done is done. And now now we're at the point where it's going to be, how long can I eat this stuff before it? Uh, before the thought of having turkey again is never, uh, never crosses my mind. And we talked to the Butterball Turkey Talk Line the other day, and they said three days for your leftovers. I saw another th- uh, article this morning. Uh, that said, of 
course, we've already refrigerated. Hopefully, you refrigerated your leftovers within two hours. I know. I know. Last night, that may not have been the case at <laughs> my brother's. You know, he set out this big buffet, and we all ate, and then the food kind of sat there. But I figure, and listen, don't take my medical advice. If you listen to me for medical advice, quite honestly, you're going to get what you deserve. Um, but his food was out for a while, and now it's been refrigerated, and it'll be cooked thoroughly. So they say, uh, you're a general rule, leftovers should be eaten or thrown out four days after refrigeration. So you got till about Monday to eat your leftovers. And I, I am probably like a lot of you. I have a hard time throwing food away. So there were years where I would stretch it and, you know, five, maybe not quite a week, five days, maybe six for the last minute thing. There'd still be a little something. And I go, well, I don't want to waste it. And that's when you're rolling the dice. If you get to six days and you're still pulling out some turkey and some uh, weak old mashed potatoes and stuff, it's like, uh, could this be could this be the meal that actually kills me? So three to four days. I didn't know this. You can freeze turkey for up to four months, according to uh, the FDA. That sounds. If you're if you're keeping frozen turkey for four months, just go and get a new turkey breast, you know, or a new turkey. You can always buy a turkey, and it's easy, you know, easy enough to cook. Uh, getting a few, a few more leftover ideas: turkey soup, homemade stock from the carcass, and also cranberry. Oh, cranberry waffles! Hold on now, that sounds. Whoa! Good. Okay. Yeah, that's. I have not heard of that. I wonder. You could probably do the same with pancakes. Oh, hold on now. Guess what's happening tomorrow morning? Here at the house. Might be some cranberry pancakes in the offing. Just because I don't have a waffle iron, I don't think. Do you have a waffle iron at your house, Greg? I do. Uh, we got one for the wedding. Cashed in for the wedding. It rules. We use it a lot. I think, see, yeah, once you register for that, I'm sure we had one when we we got married. I'm sure that that's kind of a staple on every couple's wedding registry, you know? Oh, a waffle iron, sure. But then I don't think, even when our daughter was young, she was more a pancake girl than a waffle girl. Now I see some, I saw advertised today a big Black Friday sale, which we'll get into in a minute, but uh, for mini waffles. And that just seems like a hassle. You know, how many mini waffles do you have to make if you have a family? You're there just making mini waffles for six or seven hours, but everybody's got their own deal. Uh, Somebody texted in, sweet potatoes with coconut was delicious. I don't know if that was a unique item on their table or if that was our leftover idea, but either way, it sounds pretty good. All right, let's do this. Then there's more if you want to jump in with your leftover ideas to help people out as we go through our refrigerators today and go, all right, how can we turn this leftover food into something new and delicious? 855-616-1620. It's Brian for Jeff, WTMJ. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Oh, my, as we wrap up our Thanksgiving recap, John in Burlington says, My wife packs turkey stuffing and mashed potatoes in containers and freezes it, and we bring it out in the upcoming months to enjoy it again. A little remembrance of Thanksgiving. Very nice. There was only one item last night that I'm embarrassed to say I was afraid to try. 
my brother made what he called some tres leche jello mold. And yeah, I should have tried it. Except, you know, sometimes you look at something and you just go, "Ooh, that looks a little, a uh, little odd." Uh, it was very, it was very jiggly. Uh, he he said he had he said he made the Jello that was in it. Now I don't know where he got uh, you know where he got commercial grade gelatin, but he uh, there were a bunch of flavors, and then there was this trace leche stuff, and I meant to try it. But when I went through, my plate was full, and I thought, oh, I'll go back, and I'll try it again. And then I was full after I ate my plate, and the more I went back and passed the table, it got more weirder looking as the night went on, let's just say. Because, um, you know, if you leave a jello mold out for any amount of time, it starts to ooze a little bit. And that's not that's not an adjective you want to use when it comes to some sort of food that you're going to be enjoying, uh, that it's oozing. But yeah, so you would have gone with the uh, you would have been a trace lacy trace leche jello man, Greg. Yeah, so I, I mean I'm, everything's worth trying once, I think. So that's especially true. in the food realm. Um, so yeah, I'd be down. I like trace leches, like flavored cakes and things like that. So yeah, so do I. I did. I'll be. I'm gonna be. I'm not a Jello fan. I've never sure. been a Jello fan. It just my mom used to make this elaborate cut glass Jello mold with like four kinds of Jello in it and whipped cream and a graham cracker crust. And there's always there's always something with the Jello and it, it like the texture of it. The fact that sometimes there's a, a film that you have to uh, that you try is like mm. so. Yeah, Jello has never been my thing. But I did feel bad because he was like, hey, is everybody going to try the Trace Leche Jello Bowl? We were like, yeah. And I think there were maybe two spoons out of it at Ooh. the end of the night. Mm. Yeah. It was not. It just, like I said, it was just one of the, and he's a great cook. I'm not disparaging his meal at all. Um, but, yeah, this just looked, it just looked bad. It just, it did look like something that you'd be like, man, I got to slap that on my plate right next to the cornbread stuffing and the turkey. And he had two kinds of turkey. It was, everything was delicious. And there was this poor jiggly, the 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 purplish looking, odd, gelatinous lump in the middle of the table, and we all kind of passed it up. All right, it is Black Friday, as you know. Did you leave the house early today? Have you been looking for a bargain? Did you find it? Things are. Things are different. We'll talk about projected spending, but I want to hear from you and your Black Friday experiences up to this point. 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. It's Brian Noonan in for Jeff Wagner on this Black Friday. Have you been out? How is it going out there? Are you finding what you're looking for because all reports are things are going to be a little bit different this year for Black Friday. 855-616-1620, the AccuDent Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Before we get into that, we were talking about Jell-O molds before, and somebody from the 608 sent me a text that uh, said, Brian, it could have been worse, and it is a picture of a two-layered green Jell-O mold and it looks like there's some fruit in there, and then on the bottom layer, it looks like there is shrimp in the Jello. Now, some of us are old enough to remember back in the day when Jello molds were all the thing, and people would put all sorts of 
accoutrements to float in their jello, and that's what this looks like. So it's fruit on top in green jello, and then shrimp on the bottom. Now, Greg, you made a, a bold proclamation before that you would try anything once. Does this does this fall into that category? Um, uh, I like the top <laughs> layer better. Are those strawberries? I think that I see. It looks like yeah, it looks like strawberries on the top and some other fruit, but then you get into the shrimp layer on the bottom. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would try it just to, for the story. <laughs> All right, I would enjoy any bit of it. Um, but I would enjoy telling the story of how much I didn't like it. I love your commitment to the bit. I love <laughs> oh, your yeah. commitment to a story. I love the fact that you get. You'll, take, you'll take one for the team, which I enjoy. Yeah, always much. for a bit. Always. <laughs> See, I I guess I have my my line that I must draw in the sand. We call that and dignity. Green, well, I don't know. Um, whatever you want to call it. Shrimp floating in green jello is my line in the sand. That's fair. <laughs> That's where things just, uh, yeah, I'll do a lot. I'm committed to the show, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it just Ugh. seems odd. Um, now I have I despise Black Friday with a passion. I am I'm happy to see that a number of stores decided they were not going to open on Thanksgiving, which I think is great. There's you know. We spend a we spend a lot of money. Uh, in fact, the National Retail Federation says they estimate that during this year's holiday season, Americans are going to spend eight hundred and fifty nine billion dollars, which is about a ten and a half percent increase over last year's spending. Now, that makes sense, right? Because this year, I mean, last year by Christmas, people were starting to mingle with family at least a little more, but this year, um, with the vaccine. And people feeling more free to go out and about. You'll be seeing more people, which I guess must translate into spending because, you know, why would why would we have Christmas if we weren't going to spend a ton of money, right? But they're also saying that things are going to be a lot different. Now, we've been hearing about the supply chain shortage for a while, and it's real if you've been... If you've been looking for certain things, you know some things are harder to find than others. And some surprising things are harder to find than others. But everybody is warning us. And I don't know about you, but I think this might be a little bit of a marketing strategy. you got to order early. Buy it now. Don't wait. Because if you don't see it, if you see it now, it might not be there in another couple days. And you may never see it again. It could be wiped off the face of the earth or floating in a uh, cargo container somewhere in the Pacific Ocean. You'll never, you'll never get it if you don't get it now. And so I was looking at some things. And, you know, if you're out today, let me know if you're finding what you're looking for and what what could possibly drag you out of the house on the day after Thanksgiving to go shopping? Uh, I am embarrassed to say this, but my wife and daughter got up at 5 o'clock this morning to go. And it, this always cracks me up because, it, you you know, the, the wisdom in the past was, if there is any wisdom tied into any of this, is that you would be going out super early on Black Friday so you could buy Christmas presents for other people. Well, that's that's not the case with my daughter. There's a store that she in, she really likes this one store for clothes, and they don't have sales the rest of the year, but they always have a big sale on Black Friday. So she saves up 
and she always wants to go. And they open, I guess they were supposed to open really early. So my wife and daughter got up at 5 o'clock. Did I get up to bid them adieu? Absolutely not. So I stayed in bed. Uh, the dogs stayed in bed. They left. Now, all of this happened without my knowledge. They got to wherever the store was and found out that despite what it said on the website, the store wasn't opening till 8 o'clock. So now they had to come home, and they slept for another hour, and then they went back out. So I don't know if they're home yet. I don't know if she found what she was looking for. Uh, I, I'm never sure if it's worth all the effort that it takes to get out for Black Friday. But according to this, the shopping started early this morning at uh, Kohl's and Best Buy, Walmart, uh, Dick's Sporting Goods, Pennies. They all opened at 5 o'clock. Macy's opened at 6. Target this morning opened at 7. And they are saying, listen, there are these supply chain issues. Um, so there are certain things that if you do see them, if you're buying into all this, that you have to do on time. Now, they say if you want a TV... And it doesn't matter what brand TV you're getting. You don't have to worry. There's going to be plenty of TVs. But according to, uh, according to one of the online analysts, we're seeing a 325% increase in out-of-stock. If you go to a website and you're trying to buy something, it'll say out-of-stock. 325% increase over the last month from what we saw last year. A lot of stores took advantage of this. They knew this was coming, so they took advantage to get their shelves stocked early, according to Target, Walmart, Macy's. Um, they had 18, 11, and 90% more inventory on hand than they did last year. But who's who's still going into stores? That's another. I If I can stay out, and this is not a slam on brick and mortar. It's more of a slam on humanity. I have no desire to go and mingle with holiday shoppers. Not because of the pandemic, just because, well, I'm a curmudgeon, and I don't like to mingle with people. Uh, so I will be doing as much shopping as I can online. And I think mo I think most of us do that. Do you still go to a store, Greg? You're a young man. You're in that uh, You're in that Gen Z millennial group. Have you? When was the last time you were in a brick-and-mortar store? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I went to the mall not too long ago, so not just one brick and mortar, but multiple. Wow, a mall! That is, you're like Mister 1987. So, repeat that again. I'm sorry, I'm on the phone. I said you're like Mister 1987 going into the mall. Oh, I had my Nike air pumps, you know, the ones from Back to the Future, <laughs> and then I had a hoverboard too. My skateboard it was great, fantastic. I had, a, you know, boombox playing Rick Springfield. Great, it's a great time. <laughs> I like that you left a professor out in the parking lot so he didn't hamper your shopping. Yeah, no, people, he's trying to hit 80 miles per hour in the parking lot. I'm like, Doc, he's not going to work. We don't have enough room. And he said, we don't need roads where we're going. And I said, Dad, get back in the car. Wow. There is a lot of cosplay in your family when you go to the mall. And hey, I, enjoy, I enjoy hearing about every second of it. I am not the only one that commits to a bit around our family. No, so. you are not. The whole family. It must run in the Hill family. <laughs> yes, that improv certainly. gene goes way back <laughs> yeah. to the Catskills. Mm -hmm. That is terrific. John has, been, uh, John has been doing some Black Friday shopping. Maybe not out in public. John's in West Bend. Hi, John. How you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. So what's what's going on with your Black Friday? 
Well, I thought I'd check for vacation for the family. And um, we would usually almost every year go to Can- like Cancun, Riviera Maya, that area. And we would wow. book it on Black Friday for a really good deal. And we haven't gone in a couple of years because of the pandemic. I had heard that prices were really good, but I found the exact opposite. Normally with a family of mine, there's seven of us, we're usually paying between ten and $12,000 to, to go. And I'm finding prices for those same resorts between fifteen and twenty grand, and I'm like, wow! So that was sticker shock for me today. Wow! So you're finding the prices are much higher, and that's that's oh, yeah, seeming to play yeah. out with what everything I'm reading that there's going to be uh, there's fewer deals because of the shortages, and prices are prices are going up. That's a that's a huge jump though from what you normally pay for that trip. Right. Yeah. And you know, I was looking at some of the same resorts that we've stayed at in the past and they were just I just couldn't believe the sticker shock on them. So, that's what wow. I found. So, this yeah. year we just the Dells. Is that, that what we're Yeah. Yeah, you got <laughs> I, w- well, I, I would say a little bit more than that, but Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, good luck, John. I uh, I hope you find what you're looking for. Man, that is crazy. There are going to be a lot uh, a lot of changes. So if you're out and about, if you're running around on Black Friday, are you finding what you're looking for, or are you running into the supply chain issue that everybody's talking about? And what dragged you out of the house this morning? Let's share some shopping stories. 855-616-1620. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is Brian for Jeff on 620 WTMJ. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Talking a little bit of Black Friday. They're saying uh, the deep discounts that we used, used to see on Black Friday are not going to be around this year. Uh, retailers don't need to dangle big discounts on popular items because supplies are so limited on some of that. Uh, the forecast is you are probably going to see discounts maybe ranging from 5% to 25% off, where in years past it was 10% to 30% off. That makes sense. Is 5% that big a deal? I mean, yeah, we're all watching our dollars, so that's... You know, you got to watch, but um, it's not like all of a sudden they're going, well, we used to give 50% off, now you're getting 3% off, so that is fine. Uh, I am, like I said, doing. I mentioned that I was doing all my shopping, if I can, online, uh, and that's because it's just easier anymore than going out to the store, and Taylor sends me a text, and you can too, 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. He says, go and mingle with holiday people. I'm going to Kohl's because uh, the zipper broke on my jacket and I need a new winter coat. Otherwise, everything else is online. So, Taylor, you're not you're mingling out of necessity. You're not mingling because you love to be with uh, other holiday shoppers. Good news is, though, if you're looking for some seasonal work, you may it's probably time to go look for that. But uh, U.S. companies announced 940,000, more than 940,000 seasonal jobs this year. That's up 11% from last year. So if you're looking to work in customer service or work, looking to work somewhere over the holidays, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to have um, you're going to have some luck finding a job. You know, I remember the days of working retail over the holidays, and man, it was not fun. 
Because it, it, imagine you have to deal with the public, first off. Then you have to deal with the public during a stressful time of year when they're running around and they, you know, they don't know what they want. Things are, this year it's going to be harder because a lot of things are out of stock. So now you've got stressed out people who can't find what they want. A lot of them waited till the last minute. And you're the one person. They can't go home and scream at people. So they're going to scream at you. And that it, please, if you are, if you are out shopping today or throughout the rest of the holidays, and I know this sounds trite, but having been on the other side of the counter and everybody who's ever been on the other side of the counter knows this, it's not those people's fault. So as frustrated as you might get, cut it out. Don't, don't, don't be a Karen. Don't be the male equivalent of a Karen. Don't ask to talk to somebody's manager because if they tell you they don't have uh, the air fryer that you're looking for because it's out of stock, it's not their fault. Blame the supply chain. Don't blame Bob who's working at Best Buy. It's not Bob's fault. And Bob's manager is going to tell you the same thing. And if you're, if you're that person, you will be judged. Wednesday, speaking of that person, Wednesday I went to pick something up at a... Uh, a local a deli kind of place. And there's a big line, and everybody was waiting in line. Every People, if they were ordering something from the counter, they were waiting in line. If they were picking something up from the freezer section, they were waiting in line. Everybody was being very patient till one woman came in, and, oh, she could not be bothered with the line or common decency. She grabbed her stuff from the freezer and then walked right past everybody and said to one of the uh, ladies working behind the counter, can you just ring me up? I just need this. And I know the woman behind the counter couldn't say, hey, imbecile, go get back in line with, with everybody else. She rang her up, and everybody in line was making eye contact with each other, like, who's going to be the one to say something? I decided against being the one to say something, Greg. I think I made the right decision. Uh, I, just, I just let this go. Because uh, a deli fight was not uh, the way I wanted my day before Thanksgiving to to play out. Me in jail, me in jail on Thanksgiving is not the happy holiday memory that I want to create for the family. All right, let's do this. Then we've got uh, a whole lot more to cover on the other side of the news. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do then when we come back now on WTMJ. Brian Noonan in for Jeff Wagner this afternoon. Good to be with you. Uh, we, on the other side of the news, it is a bad day for the stock market. Why is that? And what can we do about it? So we'll get into all of that as we move through Black Friday. If you're looking for some fun this after, or this weekend rather, uh, tonight and tomorrow, I will be at the Kenosha Comedy Club, 8 o'clock shows for the uh, next two nights. So if you are in the area, Stop by the club, have a good time. Uh, KenoshaComedyClub.com is the is the website. I'm uh, waiting to hear back if there was a deal to be found for my uh, daughter today as she uh, ran about town to her. She only went to one store, but it was she went to three branches of that same store to try to uh, to find something. And I was racking my brain trying to figure out if one I've never gone out before dawn. Back in the day, remember when this was before stores were even open on thir on Thanksgiving, you would people would start lining up Thanksgiving night for doorbuster deals at uh, the different stores. Uh, and I know 
there were times that my wife would go because she was like, oh, we've got it. You know, there's such a great deal on whatever it was, whether it was a Christmas gift for somebody in the family or something that she knew she needed. She would do that. I never, never would go out. It just it just seemed ridiculous to me because, quite frankly, I've always been able to find what I was looking for. Now, uh, there was there was one time I went on Black Friday, but I went at like two in the afternoon. I was looking for a specific thing for my wife that I had seen the week before, and it wasn't a necessity. So I thought, well, if I find it, great. If I don't find it, okay, I'll get something else. Two in the afternoon, I walked into the store. There was nobody in there. There was what I needed. Boom. That was my best Black Friday score uh, that I didn't worry about. But we'll talk about the stock market, a new variant, and uh, why we should be a little bit panicked as the winter's coming. We're not going to stir up panic, but there'll be a little. We'll talk about it after the news, which comes your way after this on WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, in for Jeff Wagner, here is your host, Brian Noonan. Well, a new COVID variant has been discovered in South Africa. And after what we have gone through for the past year and a half, two years, here in this country and around the globe, should we in the U.S. be taking some preventative measures now flight bans things like that before the virus gets here i think so uh, i want to know what you think 855-616-1620 that's the acunet mortgage talk and text line why am i bringing this up well uh if you've been if you follow the stock market you know today has been a horrible horrible day uh it has been a huge drop all based on the variant that was detected in South Africa. Fight flight bans have already been put into place. You heard Jasper reporting on that in the news. Countries all over the uh EU are saying, "Listen, we've got to uh, we've got to keep flights from there." Germany is saying only flights coming from South Africa that are bringing Germans home are allowed to uh, are allowed to land. It should be, we should be worried enough to say, all right, we're going to put a temporary ban into into effect because here's here's the deal on this mutation. It's uh, the B one five two B one one five two nine variant. It's also being called. Um, it's also got another name, but uh, we don't need to worry about what the other name is. The B one one five two nine. It seems to be spreading very rapidly. Now, I know he is a divisive figure to some, uh, not to me, but uh, Dr. Fauci weighed in on this today and saying, listen, it's a red flag. Uh, right now, quote, we're getting our material together with our South African colleagues to get a situation where you could actually directly test it. So right now we're talking about sort of like a red flag that this might be an issue, but we don't know. Once you test it, you'll know for sure whether or not it does or does not evade the antibodies that we make, for example, against the virus through a vaccine, end quote. So he went on to say, we don't, we don't know what we should do. But, you know, did we wait too long for the initial virus and things got out of hand? Is it too early to do it now? I don't think so. I think we need to we need to be preemptive because nobody wants to 
Nobody wants to uh, have to go through any more shutdowns. I know Australia went through, is now in a complete shutdown again because their rates started to climb. Rates are starting to climb uh, around the country. So, you know, not to be an alarmist, but like, hey, if we want to keep going in the right direction, maybe we, instead of waiting till all the tests are done and saying, oh, yeah, it's, you know, we can, uh, we've got enough to block this vaccine or block this uh, variant, rather. No. And today, nobody's, nobody's messing around in the stock. The Dow uh, fell 905 points. It's, uh, the S&P had its worst day since February, closing down 2.3%. The NASDAQ, uh, worst day since September. That index finished down 2.2%. Uh, it was a shortened trading session that ended at, uh, just ended, 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's now, yeah, yeah, 1 p.m. Eastern. So it ended about an hour ago, and uh, things are, oh boy, things were not good. And this is around the world. People panicked. Um so according to this, it has an unusual number of mutations, which uh, and is, is of serious concern, according to a bioinformatics professor in South Africa. The variant appears to be spreading quickly. Virologists say 100 cases have already been linked to this new strain just in a week. Um, the U.K. banned flights from six African countries, ordered visitors from other areas of the continent to quarantine upon arrival, and I think... I, I think it's incumbent upon us to do the same thing. Don't you? Um, these countries have already reacted. Italy, Austria, France, Japan, the UK, Singapore, the Netherlands, Malta, Malaysia, Morocco. Now, I don't know how many people we have coming to our country from South Africa on a daily basis. And I'm not saying that those people are the cause of it. But if this is where the, if this is where the virus is popping up where this variant of the virus is popping up you know give it a couple weeks just go ahead for the next couple weeks we're gonna have a flight ban in effect scientists are studying it if we can contain it there that's great um if the research shows that it's our vaccines would fight this okay great but i don't think it's alarmist to say we need to be concerned we waited, as I said, a long time to put bans in effect for the original strain of this virus. And, you know, things are, uh, that's it. We waited. And then things got bad. And things got bad all over the world. And I, you know, who knows if banning the banning flights earlier would have been the way to go. Doesn't seem like it because this virus is everywhere. But... There you go. Just when you thought we were out of the woods. But th isn't this what the experts have been telling us all along, that this coronavirus just keeps mutating? And, you know, the virus, the vaccines we have are very effective in the strains we've seen here in this country right now. But it's just going to keep it's going to keep mutating. So are you worried about it? Does this change? Does this change your behavior? Probably not. And it's uh, to be honest, it's not going to change my behavior until this strain starts getting here you know when delta when the delta strain came out everybody panicked rightfully so but you know we those of us who've gotten vaccines the breakthrough cases are still rare so you kind of go along but 
Once we get a red flag, that red flag means you take some sort of action against it. Am I wrong? 855-616-1620, the Acting Up Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I want to hear from you on WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. All right, we're talking about this new variant that of COVID-19 that has popped up in South Africa a lot of uh, European countries are already putting travel bans in effect, not allowing flights to come in. And I'm wondering if the U.S. should do the same thing until we find out. And I think we should. I think it's. I think at this point it's okay to say, listen, we don't know. And that's what Dr. Fauci said today. It's definitely a red flag. They're working with South Africa to try to figure out how this is spreading, if the vaccines we have in place will be effective against this variant. So there's a lot going on. I don't think it's, I don't think it's out of hand to put in a temporary uh, travel ban to certain places because we're just starting, we were just getting out of everything. Now, right now numbers are climbing again, so why not do that? 855-616-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Uh, some text coming in. We uh, must isolate the U.S. from this variant, at least until we understand our vulnerability. South Africa has a 35% vaccination rate. We need to continue to push ours to 100%. Uh, unfortunately, we're never going to get to 100%. Uh, Greg is in Pleasant Prairie. Hi, Greg. Hi, how are you? I am well, thanks. Um, my, my, my commentary is, uh, because I've been to Africa, I've been to six different countries, and I've gone through South Africa a number of times through Johannesburg, <clears throat> and one of the things that we all have to all have to understand is that if the African countries are really behind in anything, it's behind in their medical systems and people's access to medical systems. They don't have clinics like we have. Even South Africa, which is the most westernized, and Johannesburg is like gone, is a huge. Um, really westernized, has freeways, you know, you think you're in Los Angeles, but uh, where they really lack is the, the logistical organization of medical systems, and uh, that's a really big need for them there. Um, I know in Botswana, in Mon, the capital, they built a great big hospital system to, there, and it failed because they don't have clinics or they haven't got a logistical system to get people there. Uh, so it's uh, <clears throat> so things like this type of uh, COVID thing spread like wildfire. I mean, Ethiopia is horrible. So, um, and one of the issues for me, of course, is you know um, a lot of the flights from South Africa and to South Africa come through Chicago. Um, yes. That's where I always flew out of, and that's where they come from. You know, they come in. Uh, so I, I think travel restrictions sooner than later are from, from South Africa with, with people who have, I think maybe they had to, they had to do something like in terms of testing people before they get on the plane to see, you know, what they have. And, uh, uh, because here we go again, right? And one of the things I disagreed with Dr. Fauci was, and forgive me for that, but why do we want to bring the damn uh, variant here? Why don't we? send vaccines there and test the vaccines there against the variant rather than trying to capture the variant and bring it here. It doesn't make any sense to me, but I'm not a scientist. Yeah, I was trying. I think I think what he was saying is that there, he's, there, the U.S. is working with 
South African scientists to see if I don't think they're planning on bringing it here. I think they're all the research will be done over there with with the vaccines we have and and those kind of things. I hope that's I hope I understand it correctly because that would uh, that that makes a lot more sense, uh, Greg. Than- and tried to bring it over here. I appreciate your call, Greg. Thanks very much. Uh, Chris is in uh, Wauwatosa. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you doing? I'm well, thanks. Happy Friday. Yes, sir. So you're traveling to South Africa? We are going to South Africa in three weeks. We've been planning this trip for the last year and a half. It's my wife and I, uh, my my parents, and then my brother. All okay. of us. And where where in and South I mean, Africa? This is, so so we we're flying into Johannesburg. We're going to a couple very very small um, safari uh, resorts. One that can only house twenty four. The other one uh, only twelve. Um, and then from there we go to Cape Town, and then and back back to the U.S. And so you, at this point, you're still planning on going. This is not, uh, you know, it's it's still very new. It's all, it was only been uh, it only came up last week. So as long as there as long as there's no travel restrictions, you're planning on going. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the amount of time and planning that we put into this was, you know, absolutely insane. My entire family is vaccinated and boosted and so you know what what i what i the argument that i don't understand is all you know there's a lot of people that haven't even gotten the vaccine that are still hesitant about you know uh uh, traveling and and you know want to implement travel restrictions but they haven't even gotten the vaccine to begin with right right yeah, that's uh, you know that's a little strange. And I I am uh, I am vaccinated and boosted, and I've got my flu shot. I'm I, I'm as protected as I can be. Uh, and would I travel to other other places in the world? Yeah, you know maybe I'd be a little nervous. Well, it's no different um, than it's no different than going to Home Depot and Waukesha. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. I mean it is. So, it, it's but everywhere. if it's if it's a if all of a sudden in the next week or so this became a huge hot zone that might cause me to to hesitate a little bit but if i were going to fly to spain or uh, or you know if i were going to fly to colorado i do you know same thing um it's just well i hope i hope you're able to go i hope you enjoy it sounds like a wonderful trip and uh you know have fun it's uh, that a safari sounds like a really cool deal chris thanks for the call Getting a few uh, texts, and you can always jump in at 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll get to those, and then a few animal stories before the news on WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. All right. A lot of people weighing in on uh, the possible flight ban that uh, other countries in the EU have put against South Africa. A number of them saying yes, that would be the case. Some saying no, not the not the case. Uh, interesting uh, question. That uh, remember when uh, originally when former President Trump put the flight ban in against China. Everybody said that was racist. I think it was the way it was presented, but now it's like, well, how do we, how does, if that were to come to fruition, how would the, 
New administration fight that label, so that's an interesting question to think about. Uh, somebody asked if I had gotten my booster um, for, they, they said original Johnson & Johnson. I did not get Johnson & Johnson. I got Pfizer. I did get my booster. Um, got my booster and, the, and my flu shot the same day. I didn't have any reaction to the booster. I had very mild reaction to my initial vaccinations. My daughter had Johnson & Johnson originally. And she got her booster a couple of weeks ago. She she got pretty sick for a couple of days after the booster. But I think, you know, they say younger people get hit harder because their immune systems are different than older people. I, I don't know. Uh, from the 715, we're going to Portugal and then into southern Spain at the end of December. We have no plans to change that itinerary unless, of course, they don't allow us to come in. Both Portugal and Spain are highly vaccinated and really try to stay ahead of interventions. So we feel confident that we can maneuver this. If we again are allowed in, we plan on staying for over a month. Holy cow, that's a long, that's a long trip. Yeah, I would listen. I I am a firm believer that if you are vaccinated, you've done, you've taken your steps. And somebody argued with my uh, with my comment that breakthrough cases were rare. If you look at the overall numbers, they are rare. Breakthrough cases are rare, and especially severe breakthrough cases. There have been there are people that test positive that have almost no symptoms who have been vaccinated, but those are those are still in the overall scheme of things rare. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen, and it doesn't mean I'm discounting them. It just that's the way it goes. But I think if you're vaccinated and you're traveling, that's fine. I don't know if I would travel to a place that um, I don't know if I would travel to a place that has what our health officials are describing as a red flag because it just uh, seems like too much of a risk. It just doesn't, if, if a trip can be rescheduled to a time when you're not in a red flag area, that, that, to, that would be my choice. Everybody's going to make their own choice, and that's up to you. Um, that's, that's the way it goes. On the other side of the news, this is... This is, I think, going to make for some interesting conversation. A man made a very difficult decision about Thanksgiving regarding his fiance, And the Internet went wild, as you can imagine. We'll talk about that on the other side of the news. But right now we go to the WTMJ 24-hour newsroom. That's what... Oh, oh, he's... He, all right, I will. I will just keep going. Um... I will t- I'll tell you this. It was a very big day at our house yesterday watching the dog show. That is one of our traditions here at the Noonan House. Did you, I don't know if you've watched the dog show. We, uh, we sit there every day, every Thanksgiving, with our dogs, and we shame them, quite frankly, as uh, we watch these dogs who are uh, brushed and polished and obedient and perfect in every way that a dog could be. And our dogs lay there... Um, licking themselves and staring at the TV. Uh, but yesterday, for the uh, first time, a defending champion has won the best in show. That's right. Uh, Claire has won. She beat out 180 breeds of dogs. She is a, uh, she's a da- she was a Danish deer hound or something like that. She's a big dog. But she won last year, and she won again this year. So our congratulations to Claire. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Brian Noonan in for Jeff Wagner today. Is there ever an instance where you would leave 
your spouse or fiance home alone on Thanksgiving? You're a newly married man, Greg. Can you imagine that scenario? Um, unless she works, absolutely not. All right. And she was not ill in this story. She is not ill. So your spouse or fiance is not ill. Um, this is this story has uh, once again gotten the internet everything gets the internet in a tizzy doesn't it there's never a day that the internet's collective panties are not in a bunch uh the the internet gives us a forum for everybody to spout off whatever they want but this this i i tended to agree with very much there is a uh on reddit there is a section uh, that asks the question, am I the a-hole? It's a subreddit, am I the a-hole? And people pose these questions, and they want to know if they're wrong, if what they've done elevates them to the level of really awful human being. So here's the deal. Yesterday being Thanksgiving, a man and his fiance had been invited to the man's mother's house for a family Thanksgiving, which I think it's... That that seems logical, you know. You're engaged. You get the uh, you get the information. So they've been together for three years. They've been in a long distance relationship, but they are engaged. She had been due to spend her first Thanksgiving with his family this year. However, a problem arose when it came to the food being served. Now, they've been together for, like he said, three years. This woman, to his knowledge is not vegan, vegetarian, or allergic to anything that his mom was going to be serving on the menu. But she said she would only go to his mom's house if she could, quote, bring her own cooked food with her, end quote. So he was a little, he was put off by this, as you can imagine. Imagine you're going to your mom's house, and your fiancé says, hey, listen, I'm not eating anything your mom's cooking. I'm going to bring my own meal. Not something to share, not a side dish, not, uh, you know, a couple different things, but I'm bringing my own meal. I'm bringing my own Swanson TV dinner to eat, and nobody else can have it, and I'm not going to go unless I can bring my own food. Oh, he was not happy. Uh, according to the man, she said it uh, that is just her choice. She wanted to eat uh, something else to add new flavor for Thanksgiving since she was always forced to eat the same old traditional meals every year by her family. Well, guess what? It's Thanksgiving. So he stressed again that he, she was bringing an entire cooked meal just for herself. So he got mad. He was angry, and he said she was being disrespectful. She told him uh, it was better than telling his mom to cook other dishes just for her. I told her, no, she cannot bring food with her. And if she insists, she needs to stay home and not come with me because I'm not about to offend my mom's cooking. So she started crying. She accused him of being controlling and overreacting. She told him she wasn't willing to go hungry just to please his mom. And so he left. Uh, once he left, of course, the fiance was sending, sending all sorts of messages. Uh, you're being a hu horrible human being, but was this guy wrong? I don't think so. Listen, uh, I may have mentioned this before. My wife's mom, my mother-in-law is not a good cook. It, it, the, just not. But when we were engaged, 
or even now, I would never dream of saying to her, listen, I, I'll go to your mom's house for dinner, but I'm making my own dinner, and I'm going to bring it, and I'm going to sit there, and while you guys all belly up to the trough filled with disgusting uh, swill that your mom has created, I am going to be dining on a fantastic, fantastic creation of my own hands. It just, you couldn't do it. You got to leave her. You got to say, sorry, baby. You got to stay home. If you don't want to go, you're not going to go. I'm not going to, you don't get to bring everything to my mom's. 855-616-1620. Is this guy wrong? Dave's in Oak Creek. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? Happy day Hi. after Thanksgiving. Yes, sir. Uh, this Same girl day. or this woman just did this guy a massive, massive favor. She has literally thrown up every red flag that this person is going to be in his future. I, If I were him, I would be looking for a different woman to be spending the rest of my life with. It's better to find yeah, out now it, than after it's too late. It, I agree with you 100%. Plus, it's... Now, I find the whole thing a little odd that they've been in a three-year relationship long distance, uh, and this was going to be the first time they had Thanksgiving dinner with his family. But, yeah, if, if that's really that's what you're going to do, maybe this was, not, this was not a good move on our part at all. We need to reevaluate this relationship. Dave, I appreciate the call. Thanks very much. Uh, somebody claiming this is a fake story. Listen, I don't know. I found it on a reputable website. Uh, but even if it's not, even if it is a fake story, put yourself in this situation. Have you ever had your fiancé or spouse or boyfriend, girlfriend, give you an ultimatum like that? And how would you react? Would would you react like this guy? I want to say I would have. Because I told you, I would never have dreamed of laying down that kind of ultimatum. Uh, from the 414, props to that guy. 360th days to eat whatever you want. Yeah, that'd be a 364 would be exact. Uh, the guy should dump her. She's a pain from the 312. Yeah, I, I'm down. Now, it may surprise you that most of the Internet uh, responders to this took the guy's side and said, yes, your hardline approach was absolutely the way to go. What do you think? 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the defense that uh, this woman got and move on to many, many other things. But I want to hear from you on this on WTMJ. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. We're talking about this Reddit subreddit, the Am I an A-hole, where man claims that he left his fiance at home on Thanksgiving because after three years she told him she would not go to his mom's house unless she could bring uh, a meal that she had cooked herself. He says she has no allergies, she is not a vegan, um, and she wasn't bringing anything to share. She was just bringing a plate full of food for her from the 608. Hi, Brian. I am a woman and not at any age would I suggest what she did. Selfish and socially unacceptable. Yes, I agree with that. And this is going oh, to get me in trouble, Greg. But I think if you have special dietary needs, that's when you need to bring your own food. Because you can't expect somebody else... Like, if you're a, a vegan or a vegetarian and you're going to somebody's house for Thanksgiving, you can't expect them to have a tofurkey. If you, if you really need that, you can bring it by yourself. I, 
there was one um, one girl that one of my brothers was dating years ago. And she was coming to our house, and I believe it was for Christmas. And I was making, you know, some big beef-based dinner. And she got there, and she was like, oh, I don't eat beef. And I'm like, oh, well, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, we all do. There's a lot of non-beef side dishes that you can avail yourself of. And she pouted the whole time, the whole dinner. And I'm like, no, you don't get to pout and ruin our dinner just because you have your unique dietary needs that don't fit what, one, the host, and two, everybody else who eats with the host is going to do. So sorry about that. The one, uh, the one defense that people had were was, well, maybe she has an eating disorder, and she's very worried about uh, all the food that she puts in her mouth. But again, the fiancé said there were no special needs. She was just being a jerk. So, no, sir, on Reddit, you are not wrong in this situation. I would, uh, I would have completely backed your play. This is a big, big discussion that is going on in communities all over the area based on last Sunday's tragedy in Waukesha. Communities trying to decide if they should still have their Christmas parades or not, their holiday gatherings, their big community celebrations. Um, some are saying yes. Uh, the, you know, Menominee Falls did cancel theirs which was supposed to take place this Sunday. They were going to have their Christmas parade. Uh, they said they did it because, you know, of what happened in Waukesha. Other communities are rethinking their plans. Uh, decisions expected to be coming soon. Um, according to the Menominee Falls Village president, he said uh, it would be very hard to march in the parade, which would normally be a very joyous time, knowing that many people have been seriously injured and, and six now have died. It is... Um, it's a tough call. And if you're a city leader in one of anywhere in this area, you've got to give it at least consideration to say, well, out of respect, do we cancel? And on the flip side, out of respect, do we continue with this to show that despite an unspeakable tragedy in Waukesha, it is not going to kill the resilience of the rest of the uh, the citizens of Wisconsin that we are going to we are going to show that we can be strong while still being cognizant of the fact that this horrible tragedy took place i forget what parade uh there was a parade over the weekend maybe it was the thanksgiving parade and um yesterday and there were a couple banners being carried in remembrance of the victims in Waukesha and I think that is a, that's a fitting tribute so as hard as it is I think I think we do have to continue on with the parades um we'll see if you if you're in a community that has canceled or if you're in a community that has decided to continue I'd love to hear from you and and Find out how you are feeling about this and where you fall on this. I think to show to show strength and solidarity, the parades need to keep going. I think it's important for the communities to show that strength. But I also do think that we need to look at these parades and go, okay, granted, now this, this incident was a horrible outlier. This is something that doesn't happen. But it's happened once. 
So now we have to reevaluate our safety strategies for these parades. And how can we do that? Or are we just, are we trying to kid ourselves that everything can be completely safe? 855-616-1620. It's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. More after this on WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studio. This is News Radio WTMJ. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. It is the Jeff Wagner Show. I'm Brian Noonan in for Jeff today. I want to update something we were talking about at the top of the hour, the new variant of COVID-19 in South Africa and whether we should institute a travel ban. Uh, this just breaking 18 minutes ago, according to CNN, President Biden will restrict travel from South Africa and seven other countries starting Monday as a new coronavirus variant has emerged. Uh, acting on advice from Dr. Fauci and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the Biden administration will, res- will restrict travel from South Africa, Botswana, Zimbabwe, Nambia, uh, Nesotho, Eswantini, Mozambique, and Malawi. Officials who are still learning, officials who are still learning more about the variant said the policy was implemented out of an abundance of caution, given the World Health Organization has now identified this as a variant of concern. Our scientists and public health officials are working quickly to learn more about this variant, according to one official. This does not apply to American citizens and lawful permanent residents. As with all international travelers, they must still test negative prior to travel. So there is an update. I'm sure Jasper will have more of that during the news at the top of the hour. Real quick, we were talking about parades uh, possibly being canceled. Some, uh, like in Menominee Falls, have canceled. John wants to weigh in on that. He's in Milwaukee. Hi, John. Hi, how are you today? Thanks for taking my I'm call. Well, thank you. Sure. I would like to like to say that uh, they shouldn't cancel because if they cancel, the guy wins. We all cowered down. But this isn't the first time this has happened. The first time was in France. And we should take precautions against it, but we should not stop. Right. I think so. Where would we, and I agree with you, John, I, th- I don't think the parade should be canceled. This is... This is a, an unusual yet horribly tragic incident. It's not something that we see all the time. What, where can we where can we begin to change and make people feel safer? What what do you think we could do? More fences, more police. Where do you think we start to make these parades a little bit safer? Well, I think one of the parade uh, uh, organizers put barriers up and stuff along the route, which is a good idea. Uh, again, if you've got somebody that's going to definitely going to do it, it's going to be hard to stop him or her or it. But, yeah, we take the precautions to stop most of the people. And I think we can stop them, too. Uh, yeah, and, I, I agree I, with you. I, think, I, I also think that guy should have never been out to begin with. Well, yeah, that brings up a whole... That would bring up a whole discussion on the bail system, and I agree. Uh, he should not have been out on the $1,000 bail that he was out on. Uh, that was ridiculously low. Everybody agrees with it, except, the, obviously, uh, he and his attorney. But, John, I appreciate the call. Thanks very much. I know as somebody who goes, I go to Mardi Gras every year, and there's parades all over, and they do have um, a lot of barricades, especially when you're getting to intersections. Um, now, there's... You know, depending on the size of the parade, maybe it's cost prohibitive 
to have those metal barricades at every intersection. We all know that if somebody, and John mentioned this, if somebody is really, really has their mindset on doing something horrible, it's hard to stop them. But we also have to remember that this is not, it's not going to happen again, probably, at uh, any parade this year. Am I being hopeful? Yeah, sure I am. So the police have to be vigilant. And that doesn't, the police in Waukesha were right on top of things. So this is not an indictment of them either. It's just now everybody's going to be a little more heightened when it comes to security. On the other side of the news, since we brought up Waukesha, oh, man, it ties into GoFundMe. A page was taken down, I think for good reason. We'll talk about that on the other side of the news, which comes your way right after this on WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, in for Jeff Wagner, here is your host, Brian Noonan. Yes, Jeff will be back on Monday. He's got Black Friday off, but Greg and I are here because we are tireless workers and team players. Would that be accurate, Greg? Yes, sir. Yes, that is exactly right. So we are here. Hopefully you're having a wonderful Black Friday, uh, a day of rest, perhaps a day to uh, to just sit around in sweatpants because you had a wonderful time last night during your Thanksgiving dinner. If you're out running around uh, trying to score some deals today, Good luck. I'm not sure what uh, what would drag me out of the house to go shopping today. I don't mind uh, going to work, but yeah, going shopping holds no allure for me. We were talking right before the news about some communities deciding to cancel their Christmas parades, others debating whether their Christmas parades were going to happen. And one last thought on that came from somebody in the 715, and I uh, this this goes to my thinking that, yes, the parade should go on some, you know, could always add a few more safety precautions. Nothing is ever going to be 100% safe, but it is a testament to our resiliency that things go on. Uh, the 715 says, I think they should hold the parades. All these people that were injured or lost their lives love the Christmas parade, so it should be seen as a celebration of them as well as all those like them who love this time of year and especially the Christmas parades. Yeah, I I agree with that. It's... It's horrible, and no one, no one is going to forget the tragedy that happened there, and the six people that lost their lives, and the uh, numerous people who were injured. That's never, that's never going to go away. I have a feeling that these communities that do still hold their parades will have some sort of remembrance thrown in to their parade for that, and I think that's terrific. So it is. This is, you know, we all want to. We all want to create that bubble where we feel safe all the time. And the older you get and the longer you're around and the more places you go, you realize, well, we're not safe all the time. Our dangers can be minimized. And sometimes something horrible that happens is a one-off. Um, so you do what you can to stay safe and stay aware. And you honor the people that you lost. But we don't... We don't just shut everything down, and I don't, I don't mean that to sound callous at all, because uh, or uncaring at all, because that's that's not the case. It's just it's it was horrible, and I think the best way sometimes to remember people and honor them is to keep going, unless you start a GoFundMe page 
for the man who is responsible for Sunday's tragedy. Somebody actually did this, and uh, GoFundMe has reacted quickly, and uh, I agree with GoFundMe, despite the fact that other people do not. So you're familiar with GoFundMe, right? People start GoFundMe pages for all kinds of things, and it's it was a hard concept for me to grasp at first. Uh, to me, it seemed like just cyber begging, and you know it, that goes against goes against how I think. But then the more I looked into it and some of the the causes that I saw people starting GoFundMe for, it I've embraced it. I've contributed to some GoFundMe campaigns, whether it's people who, for whatever reason, can't cover their medical costs. Or I uh, wrote a piece for a book that somebody was putting out and they needed they needed money to self-publish this book. And all the proceeds of the book were then going to go to charities. So... You know, I supported that. I supported that cause, and I, I do that more often because I've softened my outdated stance on why people would start GoFundMe pages. Now, are some of them ridiculous? Of course they are, and those are the ones that don't earn their you know the money that they're trying to earn. Those are the ones that people ignore. But there are good causes uh, that people use GoFundMe for. This was not the case. A GoFundMe page hoped to raise $5 million to bail out uh, Daryl Brooks Jr. Well, GoFundMe has pulled that from their platform. You know, he faces five counts of first, probably six now, of first-degree homicide after plowing his SUV into the parade in Waukesha. Um, so his bail was set at $5 million. Someone named James Norton put a page, put up this GoFundMe page in hopes of raising the money to get Brooks out of jail page has now been deleted, as I said, um, because, well, it claimed that Brooks was being railroaded. This is a quote by a racist justice system. Uh, went on to say on November 21st, our dear friend Daryl Brooks was arrested for allegedly driving his car into a parade. Uh, as someone who knows Daryl personally, I can tell you he would never do such a thing. I know he is innocent of what he was charged with. Uh, that's what Norton wrote. Uh, that's the end of the quote. So uh, we we saw the video. We also know that he was released earlier on ridiculously low bail for trying to run down the mother of his child with his SUV. Um, GoFundMe said fundraisers with misuse are very rare. We take all complaints very seriously question posed by some people is, is, is it fair that GoFundMe is treating him like he's guilty before a court has a right to? And I say, yes, of course it is. GoFundMe is a private company. They can make the determinations for whatever they want. Now, I spent some time earlier today looking at GoFundMe, trying to find a list of things that they won't let you start a GoFundMe page for. They don't really, they don't spell it out anywhere. So I guess it's just their decision if enough people complain or there's concerned raised that they go in and they take it out. Maybe they don't want to give people ideas, but it's very hard to find, uh, it's, gotta be, it's hard to find out 
the guidelines for what you can and can't. They give you a lot of suggestions for what you can start GoFundMe pages for, but they don't necessarily say what you can't start GoFundMe pages for. So I think it's completely appropriate for them to take this down. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Um, from the 414, as for the GoFundMe page, I'm guessing this was someone trolling the Kyle Rittenhouse is a hero crowd. Uh, I don't... Uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe. Somebody else in the 414, you got to be kidding. Uh, may God help us all. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I guess everybody, no matter how horrible a person is, they still have friends. They still have family that might care about them. <coughs> Pardon me. It's, um, but yeah, I don't, uh, I don't agree. I this is what this is what this kind of thing is what takes me back to my original thoughts on GoFundMe, where I'm like, this is just uh, this is ridiculous. It's public begging. I'm not a fan. But then I have to remember this is a a, a unique case. It doesn't reflect on the entire the entire situation. What do you think about all this? Eight five five six one six one six twenty. We'll get to your calls and more. Six twenty WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Brian Noonan in for Jeff Wagner today. We're talking about the GoFundMe page that someone claiming to be a friend of Daryl Brooks put up trying to raise the $5 million for the defendant's bail. Uh, GoFundMe took it down, of course, saying uh, fundraisers with misuse are very rare and we take all complaints very seriously. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Steve's in Milwaukee. Hi, Steve. Hello. I'm glad this GoFundMe thing was taken down. I think it's ridiculous, but uh, something very similar happened where I work, where a shooter came in right here in Milwaukee, killed somebody, shot him five, six times, shot other people, one in the eye. The police come. And then he commits suicide, of course. And the people who were friends of the people that were that was killed and shot, they had a memorial set up for the victims. And then the, sure. people, the friends of the person who was the shooter, they said, we want a memorial up for the shooter. And they did put a memorial up for the shooter right alongside the victims. And it was horrible. Wait a minute. So at at your, the play, your place of business, they allowed... A memorial to go up for the shooter? Yes, this was about 15 years ago, and everybody heard about it and read about it because it was the top news story for days. And yes, that's what happened. It was horrible. That's uh, that's hor that's horrific. What, uh, what could be going through uh, ownership or management's head to allow them to put up uh, to put that up? The people who. Well, you I, know, I anybody who were the victims the had to go crazy. And the friends of the shooter were all these same people who, if they didn't get their way, they're going to go out there and protest and this and that. And that's what's happening in today. This was 15 years ago when this happened. Jeez. Well, it's that's horrible, uh, Steve. I, I, I don't know how else to describe it. I appreciate the call. Thanks. I'm, I'm with you, though. I'm glad this page was taken down. And... As I said before, GoFundMe has every right to do whatever they want on their platform. Um, Dan in Whitefish Bay, I'm curious as to how much money the GoFundMe site raised 
for this man that is charged with killing six people in Waukesha before it was shut down. Unfortunately, and Mitch asking the same thing, did people actually contribute to this preposterous effort? Supporting this individual is an insult to the actual victims. Unfortunately, there's no information on how much, if any, money was put up um, before it was taken down. And since it's down, there's no way to go in and check. But I would imagine that the, the complaints started rolling in as soon as it went live. So, again, that's, uh, that's just my theory that that's what would have happened. So it's uh, it's down. But, yes, I, I can't imagine, even if, because like I said before, no matter how horrible the person, they do have, they have friends. Uh, but even if you're a friend of someone who does something like, and I know I have to say uh, that he did allegedly or that he is accused of. Um, so there, we're legally, I'm legally covered. Right, Greg, you're an attorney. Yes, your ruling is you're covered. All right, thank you. Uh, just to clarify, neither Greg and I are attorneys, but we play them on the radio. But yeah, so if you're friends with this guy, how could you how could you have the audacity to say, you know what, uh, we got to raise some money for uh, for old uh, for old Daryl because he's being railroaded and we want him we want him to get bail. No, he got bail once, and we, we see how that worked out. So. I think it's fine to just uh, take this down, and if he has to, listen, got to wallow in jail till uh, till court date? Oh, well. Maybe you think about that before you uh, do what you did. And I'm not, I don't, if that sounds harsh to you, one, reevaluate uh, your opinion. And two, who cares? That's what he, he's, he's going to get what he deserves, hopefully. And, uh, you know, because this is, uh, we talked about Tuesday night with, with uh, an expert on mental health. These are, these are scars that are going to last for the people who were there for a long, long time. And these kids who are affected, and I'm not even, I mean, I, I can't even imagine the, the families of the six people who were killed. So, you know, oh, he doesn't make bail? Boo-hoo. Sorry about that. Uh, all right. That was, there we go. We're going to lighten things up. Pigs have run amok. Uh, there's boy there's whiplash the change of subject there why did i do it well for fun we'll talk about it after this wtmj jeff wagner on wtmj for jeff covering a couple uh, serious subjects i don't know if you've had any run-ins with hogs Perhaps you have two huge pigs made their way onto a golf course in Great Britain and wreaked havoc, disrupting play and even injuring some golfers who tried to shoo them away. Uh, I am not uh, I'm not a hog farmer, but I do know that pigs can be pigs can be vicious. I watched Deadwood. I remember that they used to uh, feed dead bodies to the pigs so that the pigs would eat them. So I know that pigs can be rough. Uh, they first appeared Sunday, according to the president of the golf course. They don't know where these two giant pigs came from. Uh, and I'm calling them huge pigs because that's what they were called in the article. That's what, the, that's what it looked like. One of our golfers saw these pigs on the course, tried to shoo them off, and sustained a cut on his leg as he had to go to the hospital for a shot. Have you had a run-in with a wild animal and survived? 
I know it's a crazy, a crazy thing, but I'd love to hear from you at uh, 855-616-1620, the AccuDup Mortgage Talk and Text Line. On Tuesday, the, the pigs reappeared because they will not be shunned. They dug in the they dug up the 18th green, the first tee, and then the head greenskeeper tried to shoo them off, and they turned on him too and cut his leg. Boy, these pigs really want to golf. This is what happens when you have an exclusive country club. People will revolt, people and pigs. Uh, he had to have a tetanus shot, but he's okay. Uh, the uh, the members of the golf club were unable to corral the pigs. So they tried to contain the damage and get them off. They called the police, and they called the uh, Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, the local office. The police said they, weren't, they had nothing to do with the pigs. The pigs were out of their jurisdiction. They were not going to come. The, AS, uh, the RSPCA, which is the uh, Royal Society, because, again, this was in England, they got the pigs, they kind of uh, moved them or guided them to an area, and they kept them in this corner, and so all of us, they, they couldn't get close to the pigs because the pigs were going to go a little bit crazy. So they had closed the golf course, um, and then they got the, the animal control people came. They got the pigs, and that's good. Now, I have, I have been up close to a wild boar once, and this was in the swamps down near Louisiana. We went on a bayou uh, tour, and as we were going through... They said, well, in this area, there are these big boars that come out. And as if by magic, and this was not an animatronic, Greg. I know you think I'm talking about the Country Bear Jamboree or something at Disneyland. This was a real giant hog with tusks and the whole thing covered in mud and muck came wandering out. And I was like, ugh. But we were in a boat, so we kept moving. The only other time I had an interaction with a wild animal, I was in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And I was working down there, and the place I was staying was right on a golf course. So the other guy I was working with, we decided we're going to take a little walk. And we're strolling down the golf course. And we see along the inlet there like a baby gator. Now, we're not stupid. We don't approach the baby gators. We're standing at a good distance looking at them when all of a sudden the mama gator comes up out of the water. Whoa! And, yeah, and starts to move toward us. Thankfully, we were far enough away where it wasn't like, I don't think it felt a threat at that point because we were far enough, but it came out, it opened its big gator mouth, and we slowly backed up and went the other way. That was that was as close as I came. I did see bears in the Smoky Mountains, Whoa. but again, we, we were about 100 yards away from them because we saw the cubs, and then the mama bear was there. So there were three cubs and the mom, and there's a whole group of us standing, again, far away, keeping our distance because most people are rational. And I know I have to get to the news, but I'll just say two teenagers started to run past, and part of me was like, oh, these teenagers are stupid. And the other part of me went, yeah, they're going to get eaten by a bear. And I couldn't decide if I wanted them to stop or if I wanted them to get eaten by the bear. They stopped. All right. We're going to look ahead to some things that are happening this weekend around town and talk about a whole lot more in the final half hour of the big broadcast. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Brian Noonan in for 
Jeff Wagner on this Black Friday, Wisconsin's Afternoon News, coming your way, of course, after 3 o'clock. Uh, I mentioned in passing, we were trying to get to the news, uh, wild animal encounters based on this story of the uh, the crazy pigs that went uh, went nuts on a golf course in England. Uh, the 414 texted in, what do you call out-of-control pigs? Bacon. Yeah, take that dad joke into the weekend for you. I heard a couple gasps from you, Greg, as I was uh, retelling my run-in with the gator and the bears. Have you not had a wild animal encounter? Um, Not to that degree. I think I'd freak out if I saw a bear in the wild because they can mess you up. So I think the gator one would be a little more cool than scary, but the bear one, I think I'd freak out to a point where it's like, no, I'm just walking the other way. I don't even care. I'm not dealing with it. Well, that's, I mean, everybody tells you when you go in into the uh, Smoky Mountains, this one, there's this one loop that goes through the park, and, you know, they say there's, you know, the possibility of bears, and so everybody's on the lookout, but l- like I said, 90%, 99% of people know that if you see them, you stay far away. It's It was amazing to see these three cubs and the mother black bear in the wild. But it was amazing to see them from more than 100 yards away. I didn't need to be right up next to them to go, hey, yeah, these are bears. That's pretty wild. I've seen bears in the zoo. I've seen pictures of bears. I know they are uh, dangerous beasts. They're not cuddly little uh, stuffed toys that you have on your bed. So to see them from a great distance was really cool. When these kids started running up, it was like every there was a collective gasp from all the people who were standing in this field like, Oh, this is going to end really, really poorly. And thankfully, whatever it was, the kids stopped. At, once they passed everybody and realized they were all alone, and it was the bears and them. Now, and granted, they were still probably seventy-five yards away from these bears. But it was like, what are you, what are you thinking about? So, if you've have a, had a wild animal encounter and it ended well, like my two, little, you know, the gator was a little bit freaky. The bears were very cool. When we were in, uh, when we were just in Colorado in August, we were driving along, and all of a sudden, a herd of elk walked out in the street in front of us. That ended well for the elk and for us. So something like that. I don't want to hear that you know you were attacked by a tiger and now you don't have a lower torso. That's uh, that story is not good for a holiday weekend. But Kathy's in Milwaukee and she wants to share one. Hi, Kathy. Hi there. How are you? I am well. What was your encounter? Excellent. Okay, so uh, many years ago, well, for many years, I was a reporter, anchor in Milwaukee on a television station, uh, Channel 12. Okay. And at any rate, nice. at one time, you, you get an assignment, you never knew what you're going to get. And I'm basically assigned to go out to a farm and talk to some farmer about what was going on with, you know, milk prices or something. I managed to find someone, and it's I'm on a terrible deadline. I am trying to find the man's home. He lives in a berm home, which is like underground. So oh, wow. it took forever okay. to find him. We do that. My minutes are going away. Minutes are going away. We do the interview. My photographer is outside of the, the news van that we're using while I'm trying to just frantically write my story because I'm on this terrible deadline. So I am just buried in my notebook. That guy is outside taking pictures of, you know, the, you know, the wonderful herd or whatever. And suddenly, my car, the van, just starts rocking back and forth, and like on both in both directions. It's like I'm in a 
cement truck or something. And I'm thinking I'm in an earthquake or something. What could possibly be happening? I look up from my little notebook, and I see basically tight pictures of pigs, or not pigs, cow noses, snouts, just (laughs) pushing on every window of this vehicle. And they're just curious. They are, they're just like, you know, they don't know why this, you know, four wheeled beast is out in the middle of their field. And I, I I mean, I, I, you talk about, I mean, it was panicky. I I just, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm a city girl. I'm not, you know, I'm like, Oh my, (laughs) am I going to be, what is, how is this going to end? And you talk about how, you know, there's just a little bit of fear about this could end really badly. You know, yes. Why am I in this vehicle, and why are they doing this? And then at some point, <laughs> why are these cows so the mad at me? <laughs> I, I just, they were just curious, I guess. And but boy, they're strong, and and um, and they were just looking at me, and very, and and it's so close and so steamy, kind of, and and uh, I was going to open my window, and then I thought, well, that would be stupid. So ultimately, my photographer, you know, managed to like just kind of. I don't know. He probably just said, get out of here, cows. And they moseyed away. And I just sort of, sort of just gasped and thought, well, I, wow. I don't know who's going to believe this story again. You know, but, but I mean, yeah, that's like, yeah, I, sorry I'm late with my, with my story, but I was at. No, I'm glad, I'm glad you uh, waited and shared it, Kathy. That was hilarious. After all those years of being tipped by somebody else, the cows were going to get a little revenge, and uh, you just happened to be their target. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it yeah. worked out so well. Kathy, it. thank you for yeah. the call. Have a great weekend. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks. All right, Dave is in Racine. Hi, Dave. Hi, how are you doing? I'm well, so what's your story? Right, what's my your story goes, we was out there in Yellowstone National Park, right there by Old Faithful, and we're in the community area there where all the stores and stuff are, and yeah. there's a big sign out there, and a moose is standing by that sign, and some stupid lady wanted to go right up to it and almost pet it. And that moose was getting a little perturbed before the park ranger pulled his truck between the two of them. Good word. Yeah, that was that's an on-the-ball park ranger. Yeah, I, but I've heard, it's, it's and I think expected. this is true, that moose are very, very mean. Moose are not, moose don't play. They're not like Bullwinkle. No, they uh, don't. Dave, I appreciate the call. That's this is this is. There were signs all over. We were at Estes Estes Park, Colorado, right? You know, at the gateway to the Rockies, and there's signs all over. You know, hey, remember? And it's basically it should basically say, hey, city idiots, these are wild animals. You're in their house. Don't go near them. It's when we were. I told you about the herd of elk walking across the street. We took a jeep tour up into the mountains. And one of the stops, they said, well, you know, everybody was looking for animals, you know, to see either from the Jeep or whatever. And we got out at one spot. And another Jeep that had other family members were coming out of this clearing. And everybody's whispering and walking real slow. And they're like, there are these giant elk back there. So we go back into the the woods. And then there's a, a huge clearing. And there were a couple professional photographers there. And there were 
the the most enormous elk I had ever seen. Full rack, the whole deal. Uh, the velvet coming off the rack, all of this. And, you know, everybody, again, with sense, everybody was staying very far back. We could see the majesty of these animals from a distance. There, was no, there, were, there wasn't even an instant where I thought to myself, you know what I ought to do, Greg? I ought to wander up to this giant beast with these huge antlers and uh, just give him a little slap on the hiney. Go, hey, how you doing? Nice to see you. If nope. you don't respect if you don't respect a wild animal enough to stay away from it, eh, you're not very bright. And I'm putting it as delicately as possible because I think we could all say it a different way. Um, from the four one four speaker, well, we'll get to that after this. If you have another wild animal encounter, feel free. Also, we're going to give a few minutes if you want to shout out a small business because tomorrow is Small Business Saturday and a lot of small businesses have had a really rough time for the last year and a half. So if you want to shout out a small business that you're going to support tomorrow, by all means, we'll talk about that and some other things that uh, you could do this holiday weekend to enhance what is becoming a, a fantastic Thanksgiving holiday weekend. All of that and more after this on WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Just let the who roll for a couple more seconds. Teenage Wastelander. Do you call it Bob O'Reilly? There's my deep cut. There's my deep cut knowledge. Not a very deep cut at all. Brian Noonan in for Jeff. Uh, one more wild animal story coming in on text. And you can always get a hold of us at 855-616-1620, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We were at Animal Kingdom at Disney World. After the safari ride of the Savannah, there is a viewing area of gorillas. Short story, the male gorilla did not like the way I was looking at his girl because he started screaming, growling at me to the point that I was worried he would jump over the moat that was between us. The Disney cast member even walked over, I'm guessing, to see if I was provoking the situation, which I wasn't, of course. I don't get scared often, but that shook me a little bit. I don't blame you. And then... Then I remembered another. I, some I must block things out until one of the listeners reminds me of something. We were at San Diego has a wonderful zoo, and they also have a wild animal park in San Diego. And we were there, and they had maybe you've seen these. They have these at other zoos and stuff where you can uh, see the giraffe. And they had an observation deck high up, so the giraffe. You know, you're not looking at the bottom of the giraffe. You're looking at the giraffe's head. And it was fine because my wife went up and climbed the little stairs. And my daughter, who was, I think, four or five at the time, climbed up the stairs. And the giraffe was still looking down at them. And the giraffe was, oh, you think giraffes are docile, don't you? Oh, they're so lovely. They're so gentle. They're so elegant with their long necks and their big eyes. And they look at you and, oh, you, I hate giraffes. You know why? Because I walked up to the rail and suddenly I'm eye level with a giraffe. Now, I know I'm not supposed to uh, stare a wild animal in the eyes, but I didn't think that translated over to giraffes. I'm standing there. The giraffe walks up. Now we're eye to eye, me and Joffrey. And this, I didn't even know giraffes made sounds. This giraffe starts like hissing and making a whining sound, and its tongue is shooting out. And the woman who was working at the Wild Animal Park walked over and she said, Sir, you're going to need to move away. You're upsetting the giraffe. 
a sentence I never thought I would hear, let alone be responsible for. So, yeah, Greg, I've upset a giraffe. Uh, Mitch texted in. Uh, I joked about uh, slapping an elk on the rump. He said, elk are playful, Brian. They like it when you slap them on the rump. Don't take my word for it. Mm, I won't. All right, tomorrow is Small Business Saturday. You've heard Jasper reporting that uh, Governor Evers is encouraging shopping at locally owned businesses uh, from tomorrow through the end of the month. He's calling it Shop Small Wisconsin. The Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation has created a guide to small businesses across the state at MainStreetWI.com. So I think it's very important, especially after the last year and a half, two years that small businesses have been facing, to go out and support small businesses, whether you are, uh, you know, just going to a restaurant, whether you're going to buy something at a store. And if you have a small business that you would like to give a shout out to, by all means, you can text it in or give a call 855-616-1620. From the 920, I would like to give a shout out to the Silver Eagle in Economowoc. They have Native American jewelry, artwork, pottery, crystals. I'm guessing this was supposed to say incense, but it says insane and white sage. So I'm going to go with incense. So the Silver Eagle in Economowoc. Uh, lots of stuff to do this weekend. Just a couple of things. Today is, of course, uh, Black Friday beer releases at a lot of local breweries. Uh, Jasper has been playing that report from Lakefront. They have theirs. A lot of other breweries have big releases. So that might be something that you uh, you want to check out this weekend. Tonight is the uh, the big lighting of the tree at the Fister Hotel. That's uh, happening at 5 o'clock Black Friday shopping going on all over. There's also the Magic of Lights this weekend at American Family Field. It starts. Uh, it started the other night. It started Wednesday, and it runs through January 2nd. It's open 5 to 10 p.m. daily right outside the ballpark. It is a drive-through light show, a lot of holiday-themed displays. I'm still, uh, I'm still a big fan of the drive-through light shows. I don't need to be out, uh, you know, wandering around with a lot of people with runny noses and uh, dry, hacky coughs. So if I can drive through and support, I am definitely going to drive through. Um, one more wild animal story coming in. Uh, somebody thinking Jeff is here. Jeff, of course, is off until Monday. My buddy and I joined the service in 1978. We ended up our basic training at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. We rented a motorcycle and drove to an animal refuge area. We stopped to see the bison. They started to run after us. All I, all I can say is we were lucky that the rental bike started. Yes, I, I, I would say you are definitely lucky. Another uh, shout-out for a small business, Serendipity in Greendale, down in the village. It's two floors of different crafters, displays, and selling their goods. That sounds like a great place to look for some local Christmas gifts. So take advantage of that. We'll go over a couple of... More things that you could do this weekend. We'll say hi to Scott Warris, who is uh, hosting the afternoon show today. So a lot to get to before we say goodbye here on WTMJ. WTMJ. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Well, thanks to Jeff for letting me keep his chair warm today. He will be back with you on Monday. One last weekend event you might want to check out if you are in the Kenosha area. Yes, it's completely self-serving. Uh, I will be at the Kenosha Comedy Club tonight and tomorrow night. Shows at 8 o'clock. So if you are looking for a few yucks, come on out. 
Speaking of a few yucks, I don't know that is the most ham-handed segue ever, but Scott Warris is hosting the uh, afternoon show today. Did you have a good Thanksgiving, Scott? Speaking of ham-handed, here's Scott. <laughs> it was a horrible segue. I, you know, I freely admit it. Oh, really gosh. How are you? I'm well. Uh, Thanksgiving was good. I did not uh, gorge to the levels I've gorged before, Brian. There has, I'll admit, there has been at least one Thanksgiving some years ago where I overdid it, and I would say within 12 minutes of my last morsel being consumed, I was prone on the floor, moaning oh, in man. pain. I don't know. I, I I had I. It was not a. a it was not my finest hour. No, not at all. Were you in a? Were you in some sort of challenge? Was there no. a bet involved? <laughs> not only that, I don't think there was even any alcohol involved. I mean, look, people end up on the floor moaning and groaning with the alcohol involved, but no, there wasn't. But how was yours? Yours was good. Any leftovers? Are you going to have some nice. dinner tonight? Yeah. Leftovers. I am. I well, we talked about it with Greg. I had to cook. I had to cook a full meal so that we would be uh, assured that there are leftovers in the house so i am going mm. to i'm going to avail myself of some of those now while you take over and uh mm. have a great afternoon i look forward to uh talking to you and listening soon thanks pal there he is brian noonan in for jeff yes indeed from three until six it's not going to be wisconsin's afternoon news so what is it going to be it's going to be me and you look who's here pancake is working as well my goodness, consider us from 3 until 6, your radio leftovers. Yeah, and that's a good thing. We'll get it going after the news with Jasper on WTMJ.